You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Welcome to Refrigerated Diaries, brought to you from the Detroit Podcast Network and sponsored by the Foundation Hotel. From workout classes to lively soirees, the Detroit Foundation Hotel is a place where the local community and hotel guests can celebrate together. Be sure to check out the apparatus room, bridging the old and the new, offering iconic new American cuisine rooted in Midwestern ingredients. All right. Welcome to Refrigerated Diaries. Hashtag Refrigerated Diaries. Hashtag What's Your RD? Keeping the people engaged with the food. Share your stories, videos, music topics. Let people know what's on your diary. So today we're jumping right back in. Episode 6 Hashtag episode seven for those who have been with us and know the inside joke. We've got great guests on the line today. We've got, and I, let me know what if I'm saying this right, right? How do I spell the name of the new burger restaurant that is coming into well, Midtown? So it's Slide, S-L-Y-D-E. Okay, okay. And we never refer to ourselves as a burger establishment. Oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. So what what do you refer to yourself so as? So we just say uh, gourmet, gourmet sliders. Okay, um, gourmet sliders. Yeah, so we've gourmet got... sliders, seasonal salads, seasonal soups. So okay. we never want people to just think of us as... Yeah, the well. new yeah, Po Boys as well. So we never okay. want people to just think of us as um, one of the mini burger spots that are in Detroit. It's our interpretation of sliders. Okay, perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm. So, and that was L.J. Nelson uh, paired along with Anitra Nelson. Before we hop in here, uh, when I was twelve, I stopped eating red meat and pork. I'm forty now. Two months ago, I started eating red meat only Friday and Saturday, which is fish, chicken, and turkey for me. The second week, I was missing meat so bad. On one of my meat days, I got a Big Mac. It smelled and tasted like heaven. An hour and a half later, my stomach felt like an alien took over, puked so much, made me cry. Yeah. The dynamic duo behind Slide, as well as uh, many other ventures, I'm sure, uh, within Detroit's future landscape. And then we also have the operator here for the Detroit Shipping Company, and is goes by the name of Doc. We'll go into that later. But Matthew, is it Gantz or Grants? Gantz. Uh, Gantz. Okay. Solid, solid. Matthew Gantz. All right. So let's go ahead and jump right in with you, LJ. Just before we get started here, my absolute favorite food is chicken wings. I love them. I probably started having this love affair with them when I was a kid and tasted my mom's chicken, made like only a black mother can. I am constantly on the quest to find the best chicken wings in my travels, and that quest has led me to some awesome, awesome fried, grilled, smoked, baked, and broasted goodness. The love for chicken wings as a kid was almost single-handedly destroyed when my mom left my sister in charge of making dinner for me when I was around 12 years old one day. I remember taking a huge bite of a drummy, only to gag in horror as I realized my sister probably didn't cook the chicken long enough, and there was still blood on them and cold. To her defense, she was only 15 and not really the cooking type. I suppressed that memory for years. Seriously, for years. Good thing my sister turned out to be a shrewd business and saleswoman and learned to put down the fry daddy. Let me, t- let me start off with letting the people know. So what do, you, what do you do for a living right now? What's the... 
Um, so I'm a regional account manager for a company out of North Carolina called Insight Solutions. So um, my um, degree out of college was industrial distribution. So I've always worked in the industrial sector, um, worked for larger companies, and then I kind of transitioned to working for a smaller company. So the, the company, we um, we specialize in industrial grade uh, markings for uh, manufacturing plants, processing plants. It could be chemical plants, even um, even food manufacturers. So um, not only with we sell tapes, industrial grade tapes. We we sell custom signs. We sell just standard floor signs, and we also do uh, labels for machinery. Okay, so what it sounds like is as you were sitting here figuring out logistics, you were thinking of the master plan to start slide. Is that the? Is that the way it goes? Uh, that is that is that is very uh, very safe to say. Absolutely. So, um, it is not lost on me that um, from someone from the outside trying to figure out how does this person, this an industrial sector, um, try to launch a restaurant. And uh, believe me, um, I've, I've I've thought about it myself. But um, I'm currently trying to, I guess, would you say mirror my personal and professional lives? So I, I enjoy my job very well. Um, but there is a correlation between sales, no matter what types of sales, and the food industry. That that is correct. <laughs> I remember we were talking, and you you had the most amazing story of why you are an entrepreneur today. Ooh, okay. You want to you want to go there? You want to get personal? Okay. So, <laughs> you know what? Um, I'll, a quick story. So, I want to say this was um, it had to been two thousand and eight, two thousand nine. Um, I worked for my sister and I both used to work for the same company, and uh, at the time, after uh, one of our sales years, we finished top one and two in sales for the um, entire uh, department. And it was a department of about 80 people. Who was number one? Me. She was number one. <laughs> so, I knew, uh, and I knew he that. brought me into the company. He brought me in. <laughs> so uh, we had, we, had we, we enjoyed it. We were young. We were, I felt like we, you know, we were young. We were making money. Everything was Wealthy. great. And, um, the the market crash hit and manufacturing oh. kind of took a dip in um, the economy, but also the company that I worked for was purchased by another company. And when that happened, it felt like too many things were changing. Accounts were kind of going haywire. Money was going all over the place and they could never give us a clear reason why I want to say my, my, um, my, fin- my money went basically in half within a year and it was a, it was clear because what happened with the one company purchasing the other company. Now at the time, my son was he was not even one years old yet, so I was engaged. I had a, a he wasn't even one yet years old, and that's a lot on the table. Oh yeah, a lot yeah. on the table, and half my money is gone. And <laughs> I'm in sales, so I got to be you know be able to feed my family. So I I was really frustrated. I made my um I made my you know, I made it known that I was very unhappy and um, I thought that they would want to keep me. But uh, after a while, I just realized I was just kind of like another guy. And uh, so I put my resume out there and then another company found me um, online. Events occur. They made me when, an offer. What year was this now? This was all 2009. Yeah. Okay. So they made me an offer and I I literally was had to take the offer to feed my family. Um 
So I took the offer. I'm working for the other company, and there was a non-compete that they made us sign. At the time, I didn't care. I was like 25 years old. We're making money. I didn't think it would ever come to they would have to sue me, and I never thought they would because, you know, you're young. You're like, they love me. I made them a ton of money. (laughs) So um, they end up suing me in court. Wow. And uh yeah, they tried to get me to st- So <laughs> they wh- to- how old were you when you were Oh, uh, I was uh I was at that time I was 26 years old. Wow. So I'm 26 years old. <laughs> 26 I got years a old. yeah, I got a son on the way. Son the company the way. that I'm working for and I'm just still to, working there. Yeah, still <laughs> working. Still the company working that I'm working that I used to work for is suing me that I used to thought it was, it was everything was good. And um uh, I knew right then and there after um this court battle where the judge basically um, granted me that I could keep working because one of the reasons why it was the my industrial distribution supply chain was the actual my degree. So they wanted me to like st- literally start working in my field. I knew right then and there that it did not matter what I did. It didn't matter um, where I went. I would never be dependent on someone telling me how I was going to feed my son. I was never going to be so powerless. I felt so powerless in that moment. I never wanted to feel that feeling again. So I knew whatever it takes. So I didn't know it would be restaurant industry. It could have been whatever. But right. I knew right then I had to do something. And I and I knew it. I just kind of planted the seeds from then on to, what's this, 2018? So Right, yeah, right. right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's strong. Ten years. Yeah. You know, doing more. Yep. Mom's spaghetti won't cut it. <laughs> <laughs> it will not cut it. <laughs> All right. So now that we we've kind of transitioned here, what what made you decide on Detroit? Um. So I'm I'm born and raised in Detroit. Went to Cass. Um. My parents. I grew up in Rosedale. Um. On Grand. My grandma Rosedale. I grew up on on Grandmont. Um. I always knew that it was gonna be Detroit. The way I used to live downtown. Um. I I think I when was Super Bowl two thousand six. 2000, no, six. Two, six. it was 2006. Six. Yeah. So 2006, I didn't have visions of a restaurant or anything then, but I, I knew Detroit was like, you couldn't tell me that we weren't on the precipice of like everything, <laughs> like everything we see now. I was like, oh, then next week, all that stuff is going to be there. There's going to be Hudson Tower. It's going to be all this stuff. But, um, I was, I, I, I've, I'm, I, f- I feel like people who are from Detroit or who are from the city, they understand it. And I understand that people from outside of Detroit also have a vested interest and love for the city as well. But I think that for us, for we have, I feel like my sister and my team, we could go anywhere and we could do anything. So why not, why not invest in Detroit? Why not put our money where our mouth is? If I tell people, you got to go down to the city, you got to go to Detroit. And I literally opened up and, Ferndale then yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's just like total false. Like, oh yeah, you won't put your money in there, but you want me to go downtown and walk around and spend my money. So it had yeah. to be Detroit. There, there literally was like no other option. It had to be Detroit. Uh, you know, and it it is happening so fast. I like can't even remember what Woodward Midtown used to look like. And I, <laughs> I, I lived in University Towers there. I remember walking to the dominoes that used to be there. Mm-hmm. I remember going to Trenchtown. I remember my friend coming out of Trenchtown to some other things. So, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Like, as I try to think of it now uh, and going through this restaurant process, as, as I'm sure you guys know about, you get to see old plans and old city views. And someone showed me, it was a surveyor, because showed me the original picture of Woodward before Great Lakes Coffee. It, 
I didn't even like there was no memory in my head. I'm like, that's not that's made up. <laughs> I remember all that. Yeah, I, was, I, was, you know, I do too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had yeah we had a place on Woodward and Canfield, you know, right oh, there yeah. in Midtown Agave. So oh, oh yeah. Yeah, we used wait to a go, minute, yeah. <laughs> I used to sit at the bar all the time. Yes. Yeah, had longer hair back in the yes. day. <laughs> that was, yes. I used to come there all the Full time. Full circle. Perfect, perfect. Full circle. Drunken chicken. That's what he said. Let's go for the drunken chicken. Yeah. So, Pollo baracho. Yeah. Things full circle. When we return after this break, we're going to talk with that very man right there. As an intro, 2008 came and all title sponsorship ended. All the festivals were gone. Movement became a paid event. I began restaurant consulting and was able to greatly increase sales and profits at several local restaurants and bars. I was also contracted to write multiple business plans and two successful SBA loans utilizing businesses with no value that were occupying buildings with no value. Through the consulting, I was reached out to from one of the founding partners of Detroit Shipping Company. All right, welcome back to Refrigerator Diaries. Hashtag What's Your RD? We've got the man here, and we've got some history. You've got a, a long-standing Detroit history, right? Oh yeah, I've I've been downtown for twenty-five plus years. So before all of this uh, new Detroit, old Detroit, you were you were in the only Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> well, not yeah, us and you know, and a handful of other people, but you know, there was pockets, and that was about it. Okay, all right. What, what pocket would you say was yours? Uh, Midtown, you know, for sure. We were on uh, Woodward and Campfield. We had a, I guess, you know, a pretty iconic place called Agave, um, upscale Mexican, 120 different tequilas, which you know, back 15 years ago. You know, if if you had four tequilas you know, <laughs> in a bar, you know, you were you were you know creative. Right. So we had a little bit of everything there, um, but we also did live events. You know, we had Latin music with Blackman and Arnold Sunday. Uh, we did house music, which literally you know was broadcast worldwide. I mean, we'd have four or five hundred people um, just having a great house music time. Which you know, if you know house, that's the best people in the world. Oh you know? yeah, just chill and. There so to have they, fun. If they're if they're upset, then there's something wrong with their soul. One hundred percent. One hundred. Because that's music for your soul. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It, it definitely does feed. So, what was Midtown before it, it was called Midtown? Um, well, you had it's. I guess it was like Museum District. You know. Okay. You know, maybe. Um, and it 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 really Midtown didn't catch on probably until like 2000, where it was actually called. You know, Midtown, um, there weren't a lot of restaurants around. Um, Union Street was probably one of the first. You had the Majestic. Um, there used to be a place on a corner of Woodward and Warren called Z's Place, but they tore that down. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we went in there, you know, it was pretty much nothing around. Traffic jam and snug. I mean, that was about it. Yeah. But you couldn't walk from place to place. Even though they were a couple blocks, you really couldn't go and walk through, which is – amazing now when you look you know you can walk from canfield all the way down to the expressway you, you know it's the, it's the craziest thing whenever i'm walking down woodward in midtown now after 6 p.m and i see people actively walking <laughs> yeah it's i'm like right. wow like this is 
we're, we're, I feel like we made it already. I'm like, <laughs> this is it. This People is walking. It. Right? <laughs> like, what? So you got, your agave was recognized now. You, not only was, you got history there, but you were, your sangria received a quarter page in the New York Times. That's your, correct. Your margarita menu was in the top 10 destinations to go to from salsa tequila. Is that? That's 100% correct. So like, what, what, drove you from and you probably don't know this uh, audience but doc is also responsible for all of the uh the activities you're one of the forefathers there for the uh campus marshes uh fun that we have now right that's correct yeah 100 percent. So what was that what what brought you from agave to that yeah basically my vision was is to create a space an area an event that brings the people that work in detroit live in Detroit and visit Detroit all together at the same time, you know, just have that community thing and do it through music because I think music's the one thing that transcends, you know, everything that people talk negative about. I mean, it transcends race. It transcends financial situations. Music brings everybody together. And that's exactly what my goal was to have like this little, you know, like a, you know, barbecue, you know, like a family yeah, reunion yeah. type thing, you know, where everyone puts everything aside for at least a couple hours. Oh, nice. Get like a, a good old fashioned block party. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. How long were you uh, doing that for? Um, we did that, uh, for about four years and then it started to grow. Um, and the, it was Detroit 300 Conservancy, which is the nonprofit that runs it. I mean, I really kept telling them, get your own liquor license, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and they really need to. I mean, so I, I, you know, I basically, you know, worked my way out of that job, but 2008 hit as well. You know, I mean, right. it's, that was a dark moment. Yeah, and then that before was, that, the, the times were riding high, right? You did yeah. Comerica Fest, right? You yeah. did the Festival movement, of the Arts. Festival of the Arts. So it was, the phone was ringing. Yeah. But yeah, all title sponsorship left. You know, I mean, you know, everybody, you know, they just, uh, they couldn't do it. They were, they were going through bankruptcy. They were going through hard times. You know, 2008 was a really dark time. Um, you know, thank God, you know, it's, it's come back, which is, uh, which is amazing. Okay. So then what, what happened after 2008? I, I I know everyone has a good story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, too, you know, I also had, we had a place downtown, um, called the Buzz Bar. Okay. Um, it was a jazz club. Um, yeah, and we had DJs downstairs. Bit, yeah. We actually started some of the biggest, you know, techno DJs, you know, out there right now. Seth Troxler, uh, Ryan Crossan. I mean, they're number one and two in Beatport. And, you know, we used to pay him in Paps and Pizza. Oh, that's <laughs> you know, um, so that, that place was created, uh, for a place where artists and musicians to go hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were comfortable there and that would bring in other people too. But there'd be nights where we'd have, you know, 80 people, you know, watching a band and 75 of them were musicians, you know, it was a, you know, it was a place for artistic creativity. People can chill. Okay. So, yeah, you know, and, uh, I kept that up and, you know, I hate to say it, but uh, then I became a mortgage banker. <laughs> I, I was a mortgage banker as well. I, I was <laughs> okay. two, two years. You know, the, the money was too good. <laughs> yeah, my son, I'm a single father, and my son was going to college. 
And I just, you know, I needed something that I knew was secure. Yeah. You know, to be able to afford him, you know, going to school. And, you know, he was a great student. He deserved it. But also the very second I realized I could afford the rest of his education, I stopped mortgage banking that very okay. second. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think I was at a holiday party and uh, this kid I went to high school with, no names, he showed me one of his commissions checks. And I'm like, if you can get that, then I need to get that. <laughs> yeah. But it's what you have to do to get it. That's the hard yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. So like what did, did you just get a phone call from Detroit Shipping Company? How how did you get involved with them? Yeah. So even even when I was mortgage banking, I've, I've always restaurant consulted. Okay. And I've, I've helped out a bunch of restaurants downtown, uh, Grand Trunk Pub, Checkers, uh, Shout Ema. Out. You know, just, yeah, just, okay. you know, Mike Ransom, you know, he used to work for us at, uh, at Agave, as a matter of fact. Um, so three and a half years ago, I got a phone call um, from a gentleman, John Hartzell, is one of the founding owners of Detroit Shipping Company, and they needed some assistance with doing some projections of sales. Okay. Um, you know, part of their business plan as well as. So not to cut you off, but. So so how so is is your name just that passed around like call Doc and then if someone just called you like how does that work like how does John know to call Doc to get that type of stuff and and, and the answer to this which you know is is yes <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I don't mean it in that way hey, you know what it's but, fine. <laughs> you know I, I you know basically I, I've been here long enough where you know I was here and then they you know they built the entertainment. <laughs> around me. Um, uh, coincidentally enough, though, is John actually lived three doors down from me for 10 years, and I didn't even know him. Oh, wow. His son and my son used to walk to school every day. His son used to stay over at my house. But he worked mornings. I worked nights. So <laughs> we never interacted. But we'd go to, you know, I'd take his son to baseball games and football <laughs> games and vice versa. The world is so but, small. But we had no, you know, I had never met him. That's a good, that's a, <laughs> so wait, did you guys find this out like a year after the fact or like a month after the fact? But yeah, actually a couple weeks. Yeah. Okay. A couple weeks after the fact. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm like, are you Oliver's dad? And he's like, what do you want to know? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's probably the first, first best way to respond. You're right. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about Detroit Shipping Company. What is that? So what it is, it's, it's, uh, it's a it's a concept event space. It's twenty six shipping containers. Um, half of it's going to be a food court where we have five uh, standalone different restaurants. All those restaurants have brick and mortar establishments, and they're going to transition their menu into like a street food uh, type thing. There's also going to be a coffee bar and creamery upstairs, and then the second half of it is a live event music space where we are just going to throw down with some of the best music in the city. Okay. And then there's also an art gallery. Uh, we have a retail space. There's a VIP room. So mm. it's, Wait, it's a VIP membership based or? No, it's, okay. you know, yeah, you know, by uh, reservation. Okay. Okay. No, I see. Any, uh, any hints at who we can expect there this summer? Um, yeah. I mean, basically, you know, some of the people I've already talked to, they're super interested in, um, is Amp Fiddler, 
uh, is one, you know, iconic. Trying, you know, he has a great relationship with uh, Jessica Caremore. So oh, if I can team those two up, I will most definitely. <laughs> Paul Randolph, who's also part of that group as well. Um, and then we're going to do some, you know, definitely some jazz. Uh, Chris Krizawa, um, has been doing like these homages to different jazz people okay. and stuff. So we got some great music. Yeah. Great. It sounds like I, I, I just need a bed there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I no, have yeah. to leave. <laughs> yeah. One thing that we're going to do is, you know, maintain that Detroit soul. Okay. That we've done at Buzz Bar and Agave. It's going to be original music. It's going to be live music. You know, some of the best musicians in the world name Detroit their home, but they have to travel outside to, to right. get paid. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but when they come into town, you know, we're going to find a spot where they can, uh, they right. can put it I'm, together. As long as you're looking out, Detroit is like sometimes if you leave Detroit and come back, you are that deal. I, I've experienced that myself sometimes. It's like, what? <laughs> right. Uh, so we're going to take a break here. Definitely looking forward to the summertime. I'm going to be in there dancing and shaking <laughs> <laughs> at so Detroit I. Shipping Company. <laughs> and when we return, we're going to dive deeper into Slide. All right, so Detroit Development Fund, DEGC, Michigan Saves, Motor City Match, all funding sources with 15 different sliders, four different po'boys, and quite a bit more on the menu, right? Absolutely. Seasonal soups and salads as well. Okay, all right, so... We we know how it's spelled. What 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 is slide? What what is slide? You know what? Okay, so I've <laughs> I, th- that's a great question. And usually, what I I'm a salesperson. So, okay. Uh, and uh, I think of it like my Vanna White. This is my display piece. Slide is my display piece. But what the way I can explain it is when you think about sliders, is usually people think of, for instance, like greasy spoon or meat and bread, right? And what I think about it is um, a more intricate way of thinking about sliders, where you have fresh produce. Um, great sauces. It's just a a new interpretation, as LJ said, of of sliders. So you're not just thinking of meat and bread. It's um essentially a lot of great things on the inside of a bun that don't that on that are not only just meat. So, and you can try different options too. You, you can try different options, but. And that's the thing is, is that, like I said, when people think sliders, they're like, oh, White Castle, Greasy Spoon, <laughs> which are great, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think as this food scene is changing in Detroit, is that people are getting a little more sophisticated as to their palates, but also to what they expect out of, uh, you know, sliders or burgers or pizza or salads or whatever it may be. All right. So we're talking with Anitra Nelson here, the COO of Slide which is going to be a new fast casual, right? That's a great uh-huh. category. A restaurant here in a Midtown, not not too far off from the Midtown West project. Was that strategic? Well, initially we were uh we were slated to be on Illinois and it just didn't work out, you know, business that's the nature of business and it didn't work out and uh, we, our attorney was great and, uh, and integral in helping us, uh, find another space. And uh, that's how we landed in Midtown. 
So. Okay. Yeah, and you know, Detroit's climate, it's interesting. A lot of the new restaurants that have, that have happened, I was just on the phone with the, uh, the health inspector, um, a shout out to Scott, and he informed me that the city of Detroit has had more submissions on both sides for both food trucks and, uh, buildings as restaurants uh, at this time than they did at the end of June of 2017. Uh, and before that, you could count about 250 plus restaurants within a five mile radius from the point of origin, right, right down there in Campus Marches. It, you guys, do you feel like boxed out? Did you feel like there weren't enough options for people that were within Detroit's primary, uh, as I understand, you're going to have affordably priced items, right? Yeah. Like, was that like, we need to make something that's more for the Detroit residents or? That's a great question. So the thing is, is that um, you can easily, you know, slap on a $15 price on a burger, right? And people will pay for it. But the thing is, is that I think now is that you want to create an experience for people. And the experience has to be how we visualize it is, is the experience could be for myself. It could be for a family. It could be for drunk people. It could be for whoever, <laughs> right? But the whole point is that it's affordable for everybody. And you want to be everyone to visualize themselves. And I'm thinking, I don't know if this is a little out the box, but how I think about it is you want everyone to be able to visualize themselves eating at your place. And that and the only way that happens is that it's affordable, right? That means it's for everyone. Right. You know, so. I want to snap my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you've got, uh, it's you, it's LJ, it's uh, Bradford Frost, Jim Frick, and Raina Cook. Is, are those still the partners? You want to No, that? so our, so Brad actually passed away. Um, okay. He's uh, going on, going on a year. Going on, yeah, a year. So Brad, um, Brad passed away, and he was our um, he was my original um, investor and, and and partner in the project. And um, his wife uh, Dana Frost is actually uh, she came um, aboard on the project, and she really believed in it. And um, her background is is actually in marketing, so it was an easy transition for her to say, you know, we're going to see this project through. So um, Dana's like a, a sister. To, to me, so it, it, it was just it was just a, a good fit, and it, it seemed very seamless. You know, when 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 this all we obviously we put the restaurant on the back burner, but uh, once we you know kind of kind of came through, it was like, she's like, yeah, absolutely, I want to see this through, and she's been you know she's gonna she's already been integral, but she's gonna be very integral as far as moving forward. She'll handle everything that's like customer facing. Um, also, we have uh, Jen Nelson, who Jen Frick it was is actually Jen Nelson now. That's my wife. Okay. So, <laughs> so she is a partner, and uh, oh, and then update: Raina Die, Raina Cook is Raina Die now. She's married as well. So, okay, a lot has changed over the. Don't last... look at me. I'm not getting married. Okay. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> she's still just my sister. Okay. So, All right. So we've we've got. She has two new dogs though. I do. So we've got, got a couple uh, switches up in the lineup, right? You know, hopefully that helps us out on Thursday. Yeah. But um, that being said. What 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 was the where were you when Slide became like what was the moment of inception for Slide? With okay, you? so for me, uh, my brother had uh, okay. So this is I'm a pair it down. My brother had the idea of Slide, but it wasn't Slide, and he had a initially he had a different chef, 
And he did some tastings. If you don't mind me saying it, really, I mean, the food was good, but it, the idea wasn't really going anywhere. So, <laughs> but what he ended up doing is, I, I guess, I don't know if he had like a come to Jesus, like re- regrouping moment. Um, and he brought in Brad. He kind of pitched the idea to Brad, who's no longer here, um, and then also pitched it to me. And once uh, I got involved, I, you know, did a little investment. I follow my money. And I also like titles. So uh, <laughs> I, took, I took a title. <laughs> I took a title. And I, I'm pretty, I, I've, I've had myself on the back. I'm pretty good at like executing and closing stuff. That's that's kind of like my my thing. So that's how I got involved in Slide. And I, I you know, my brother and I have worked together on a number of things, whether it be professionally. One and two dominating the sales. Yeah, chance. yeah, yeah. So um, Who's number one again? <laughs> thank you thank you um but we work together very well and I, I i think people you know it is something to be said about working together as family it doesn't always work out right, J- right. just because you come out the same you know woman doesn't mean that it necessarily works out but we do work together uh professionally work together well um and once he pitched it to me i was like i believe in it um and i know we can execute we can make this happen so uh and that's how it kind of, I don't know, if, did that answer your question? Yeah, so I'm going to ask you two questions here. Okay. The first question, when is the last time you and LJ had an argument? Ooh, uh, about remember. business or? Actually, sure. Let's keep it on I the business. I remember that. Do you remember? I remember it. I remember. You mean uh, about, about two years ago, two or three years when ago? We were, when we first started working together with, with Slide because yeah. – Do uh, you mind me going? Go ahead. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> this is the funny thing too is even though we're grown adults, it was also too with like our mom, our parents were involved in the suits because we were like – we never argue, but it's you have to figure out a way as working as siblings is how to turn on brother and sister and how to turn on business partners. You have to figure out a way of conducting business and also family stuff. It is two entirely different things. And my only I guess my example is as brother and sister, you know, you can like half do sentences like, yeah, yeah, yeah I got you, blah, blah, blah. Right. Business. I can't half do a, a sentence because I need to know exactly what you're talking about. I need you to tell me exactly what you need to happen. As brother and sister, we're like, oh, yeah, whatever, go away, blah, blah, blah. As business partners, I can't tell you whatever, go away. So, um, and the argument was, I remember us, where were we at, Qdoba or, or something? <laughs> and we had to have, like, a powwow on how to interact with each other business-wise. And we we never, because we never got, never we got an argument. Yeah, we don't, yeah. We, that's, we, that's good, though. That means that you guys are very mature. Because people people don't do that now. <laughs> well, and then the other part of it too is that is that so um, obviously this is being my older sister, so there's obviously like a hierarchy in our relationship. Right. You know, like I've always like followed behind her. You yeah, know, like oh, it's my big sister, right? But in this in this scenario, like I'm the founder and yes. CEO, so we're like, okay, you don't necessarily work for me, right. but. I make the final decisions and stuff. Right. So, you know, she might say something like, who are you talking to? Right. She's like, who are you talking to? You my little brother. You know, right. you had to like, just take that down and really just get down to like, we both want the same thing to happen. So right. we just had to like, literally, like she said, just say, get down to the facts of stuff. So I've gotten, I think I've gotten a lot better at just explaining stuff and saying, okay, here's all the information. Here's everything. Okay. Now tell me what you think. So, okay. and we take the egos. I, right. I we take the egos out of it. But it is, it's definitely a delicate dance. Um, 
And you do have to. I say for anyone, whether it be even if it's a friend relationship and you worked and you decide to go into business together, you need to have that conversation. Like, how are we going to resolve certain issues? How are we going to interact with things? How are we going to discuss certain things? What are your expectations of me? Because, like I said, friends or siblings, um, your interaction in that realm is very different than business. Because business, we have an operational agreement. There's money that has been exchanged. That's a total different relationship than brother and sister. Um, and when we do slide stuff, we we, are, we respect each other's siblings, but it, it comes down a lot to business. So okay, so what are what are slides hours going to be? What do you want? Um, so we're going to we're we're anticipating um, open every day. Possibly, it depends. It really depends. We're doing on breakfast sliders. Yeah, well, we're, we're doing Sorry, breakfast we, sliders. Yeah. So it really depends oh, on. Oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got you, Doc. We got you. Yeah, so, yeah we're doing breakfast sliders. So as well. it really depends on the development, how they around us, our area. So we we were thinking something like six a.m. to maybe nine or ten p.m. Um, up all the way up. So say maybe from Monday through uh, Wednesday, maybe extend to. Um, Excuse me, extend to 11 p.m. on Thursday all the way through, you know, Friday or Saturday, maybe go like 1 o'clock in the morning. Possibly closed on Sunday, but we, I mean, we, it's still up in there. We got to really take a look at it. Um, I, I, I know that um, now with everything in, in, in midtime, more development, more people, more people walking around. You're like, okay, can we make this, you know, really work as far as uh, the operational hours. But we we intend to serve. We intend to be out there. We got our light open. Come in. Come see us. All yeah. right. That sounds good. So we're definitely going to be looking at what was the open time? When would you be looking to be open? What month? Um, it is looking more <laughs> like next year, more like next year, April? Um, because our, yeah, our, we, we, we may end up pushing it back to, because we just, we're very, I guess it's, it's a very delicate dance as far as what month you open, you know, this is oh, yeah. snow on the ground. So theoretically we might have the space delivered to us later on this year, but we're like, do we want to. Do you want to open in December? Do you want to, yeah. Uh, do, no. Do you want to open in December? <laughs> uh, do you want to open in January? I mean, yeah. Yeah, God just said no. So I mean, that's, that was some free consulting that I just got there. Y'all can't see that, but I just got it right there. He's gonna slip me an invoice on the way out the door. All right. So when we come back here, we're gonna talk about our topics here. I give you guys a preview. The first one has to do with over the top donuts. Most likely, we'll talk about it another time. Throwing in the towel. We'll go into what. It means to give up or not in the restaurant industry and then the restaurant industry itself, specifically Michigan, when we return on hashtag Refrigerated Diaries. All right. So over the top donuts. Welcome back to Refrigerated Diaries. Hashtag what's your RD hashtag Refrigerated Diaries hashtag because we like hashtags. So (laughs) We love getting submissions uh, over the past few episodes. We've talked about scorpion pizza and scorpion tacos and grasshoppers. (laughs) Thank you, Petro. Uh, But (laughs) today uh, we are going to go into how much is too much here? I'm, I'm looking at a picture of a donut. It's got candied bacon on it. Looks like there's cheddar cheese on there as well as some type of maple syrup glaze. And then to top it off, there is a little syringe that is filled with whiskey. <laughs> so I guess you eat this and then you take the, the whiskey after. And 
I guess that's that's the equivalent to cupcakes and wine. Is that is that you actually <laughs> infused? You actually infuse the whiskey into the donut so you, oh, just in the prior. Center. Really? Yeah, so they that, just, yeah, you don't you can't do it earlier because it'll uh, you know whatever discombobulate the donut. So yeah, you actually <laughs> infuse it. Yeah, you yeah. infuse it. Then it's like a shooter. Oh no! <laughs> so just just so I understand correctly, I the donut is going to be. Moist from the whiskey. Still. Correct. Okay. I don't eat wet cake. Yeah. <laughs> right. I agree. <laughs> that sounds, that like, man. Soggy, soggy donut. Uh, Yo, Mexican trace like leches. You know what? Trace leches is a, is a beautiful cake. I do like tres leches. Cake. That, that, correction. That, I forget about that. that. Have you guys come across any over the top outrageous donuts here? I am. Can I just say this? I am the donut. I, I am very serious about donuts. And I'm so serious. My brother can attest to this. I boycotted regular Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> when they went up on pricing. So I just started to go to Detroit Donuts because I didn't like the way they upped the pricing of my coffee rolls. But I do like the fancy ones I've had. America, the- wait, wait. America realized they went up like three cents on these coffee <laughs> <laughs> She was like, what is this? I called everybody. I was like so angry. Because that's like my favorite food is like donuts. I, honestly, my favorite food is like donuts. But uh, I've had, like, I went to, what is it, Donut Bar in Southfield? Yeah. I've had the Fruity Pebble one um, and a couple other different little fancy ones. But after a while, I feel like then it it's not really a donut. After a while, it becomes something. I feel like it should be a different name of something because a donut to me is like a like a glaze or old-fashioned donut. Dutch girl donuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like now it needs, with all these new, I guess, interpretations of what was donut, is maybe it should be a different, like, title or something. I don't know. I agree. Like a savory nut? I don't know. Call it it something else. (laughs) Just call it. Don't call it donut. When I think (laughs) of donut, I'm I'm like old school. Blueberry cake. Blueberry cake. My sister and I used to. Sour cream. uh, We used to go to. We used to go to. Was that Detroit? It was. Detroit used to be a Dunkin' on Plymouth near our parents' house, right? And then they turned into a Detroit Detroit. Donuts. And when uh, we both were home from uh, college, we would would go there at like three in the morning. Sit with all the old men. (laughs) (laughs) We'd get like uh, the cherry. Just a regular cherry, the regular blueberry donut, and that was that was it for me. I'm not a huge like throw bacon in. I'm like just give me a regular. <laughs> even when I go to uh, the apple orchard, I don't even. I just get the hot regular donut. I don't get any the, fried that, donut. The, the fried donut, man. That's delicious. Why why you got to go mess I, it up? Oh, but I can't say that that fruity pebbles one I had. It was really good. It was Correction. really good. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been at donut bar. Yeah, and I've I, I've tried quite a few you know different savory types. Yeah, I do like. Um, the maple bacon donut. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd you know infuse it with whiskey, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm old school. Dutch grilled donuts. I mean, you know, that's been forever. Uh, Dilla donuts. Uh-huh. You know, um, I, get, I get I get it quite a bit from Dilla. Yeah, but yeah, I you know, but I think you're right. It's 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 more you know, call it something else. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's great that you guys are on the show specifically because our topic, throwing in the towel, uh, it speaks close, near and dear to me. Um, I think it was 2000 and 
2015, 2014, around, around that time. It, it was my last year of working at Quicken Loans and literally oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> the empire literally, it was uh it was like a january or february and i started to think to myself like what what am i what am i going to do uh, with myself and so i started started really pushing young village uh giving it the, the you know i'm gonna give it the old college try i'm gonna give myself five years because that's how long your your mortgage license uh lasts <laughs> and so I was having dinner with one of my mentors because times were hard. I wasn't sure how I was going to start being able to pay bills. Like it, it was just not looking well. And um, I was very, very, very ready to throw in the towel because I remember as a mortgage banker, I didn't know like it, you, when you're making enough money that you don't know when you get paid, paid anymore. It's like that's a good that's a good life, you know. It's it's comfortable. Like I I felt really good. I I didn't have to think about stuff if I wanted it. I just bought it. Life was lovely. Uh, and then you know now I'm like I can't do this thing because I'm going to need this money to pay for this thing for my business, and you know sadness. So my mentor goes, "That's how it's got to be." <laughs> you know, she pretty much just. Yelled at me for about half an hour as I tried to enjoy this free meal, and then <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I come back home and I was like, you know what? Though no, she was right, I get my life together, <laughs> put the bootstraps back on it, and go in. Like what what was going on? I know slide slide has uh, I don't want to put too much out there, which hasn't been announced yet. But you you guys are officially like slide is happening. This this is going down now. What what, what any of those moments? Where it, it's, oh my god! Uh, yeah, uh, probably. I mean, honestly, it's too many to count. But we stopped. I stopped counting a long time ago. I mean, it's. I guess the the part thing that we always laugh is that like within the disappointments is that they just they they just start happening that we don't even think about them. We just like <laughs> it's like you literally just put your head down and you like okay. I think somebody told me that like you're trying to start a restaurant is like the craziest thing ever. Like you got to be almost like insane to like do it because you're going to get so many no's and so many things are going to go like not go your way. Uh-huh. And we've I become I think we've become almost like immune to it. <laughs> so like we just so meaning that like something happens we just we just react like okay like like if something if something happens something goes wrong we just say okay so how do we deal with it? We just deal with it, we move forward, right? And a lot of times it's like we've been able to especially over the last say a year and a half is that we've been on the offensive, which is yes. which is yeah, so we're not always in a reactionary thing because one one good one good thing leads to another leads to another and then now we got like that you know that flywheel we're like okay let's just can't keep going and then now the stuff is just like okay it's like you're driving down the road and then uh, something comes you're just like okay push that out the way keep going versus we felt like we were very in a reactionary period in the beginning because we just trying to feel it our way i mean we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't really know what we were doing so yeah. um but yeah i don't and it was stressful it was very stressful i yeah. I, I, I can say this it would okay you have to i'm not even saying in the restaurant industry i say just to be an entrepreneur you have to be so tough and you have to like essentially it's like i used to run like full marathons it's like running full marathon you it's everything tells you this is the most dumbest thing ever you just got to keep going right (laughs) i remember when we first started he's talking about when we were like reaction mode 
I would be seriously, like, almost feeling like I'm going to have a heart attack. Like, I was so stressed and so angry. And it was, like, bleeding into my life. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm for sure I was, like, super unpleasant to deal with. Um, <laughs> but you have to go through that. And I, that's, like, the point of, like, not throwing in a towel is, like, now I think about it. I was like, why am I so, so stressed? Then? Like, why would I let it get that to that point? But then all those things had to happen for me to realize what's easy now, like what to appreciate now. Um, and I'm for sure, we haven't even opened yet. It's, it's, it's going <laughs> to get, the funny thing. We, like, I'm, I'm going to be back yeah. to angry mode. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, we like on a repeat from angry. But it's very, I can say it could be, I wouldn't blame anyone for throwing in a towel because it tests so much of you. Like even your financial situation, like, for some people, they don't even have the choice of being like, I want to just start my own business. Like, it's just not a financial viability. So, yeah. Well, you know, you know to bring that up, uh, in Detroit, it's more viable than most other places. <laughs> right. You know, there's no definite. Um, you know, Detroit has, you know, that Detroit hustle harder. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it holds true. There's something about Detroit and perseverance and being able to work broke. Mm-hmm. And be able to get by with no money. Mm-hmm. You know, Detroit knows how to do that. Mm-hmm. And you have to know how to do that being an entrepreneur, especially in the restaurant business. I mean, there's times where I went, you know, I'm working 100 hours a week and I didn't pay myself for six months because I had to pay everybody else. Mm-hmm. But then also you flourish as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's something yeah. that, that I think Detroit feels that, knows that better than most places. Yeah, I mean, that's why we love the city. I mean, it's yeah. just, it truly, I mean, it, it is. And, and, and and okay, like so today we're sitting here and and we and we meet Doc and we're like okay, so a lot of the stuff that he's bringing up we've we've seen that stuff and we didn't know he had a hand in these things, right? <laughs> and um, I mean for us, I, I don't think it ever really was a, I don't think it ever, I never, I don't think it ever dawned on me to like stop, you know? It, it never, I no. mean, it, never, it just we we were so we were so vested and so so into it, and plus when you always got to be like okay, well, if we get. On the other side of this, what could be, you know, right. like what yeah. could be, right? You sure. just listen to one more quote, listen to one other entrepreneur, listen to one more person that had done it before you like, look, this is going to happen, man. You, you know, so the, I guess having a team or having support is a huge thing because you feel sometimes you just feel like you like by yourself. You're like, man, if one more, if I get one more bad phone call in the next <laughs> yes. hour, I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> one thing that Detroit does too, once you do that and establish it, you know, entrepreneurs in Detroit give back. You know, no, that, you know, they're going to recruit, they're going to mentor, they're going to show other people the way as yep, well. Absolutely. And, and that's just, it's just instilled. You know, no one has to tell anybody about it. You yep. just, you just do it. I agree. And yeah. I think everybody supports each other. That's right. the great thing. Exactly. Yeah. What I like about this entrepreneurial, uh, new community. Well, I mean, I'm for sure people, people were doing business beforehand, but I feel like everyone is like in this, for the most part, in a great space where people are supporting each other. You know, so yeah, and what, what's cool is that the industry. I know that we're on Refrigerated Diaries talking about food, but the industry that we're in is so magnificent as well. You know, the uh, the restaurant industry is specifically responsible for about eight hundred billion dollars, so literally four percent of the entire country's GDP. Uh, I only year. want ten percent of that. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like I like how you think. I was thinking I was I was thinking like a tenth of a tenth. <laughs> 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 so in Michigan specifically, right, we've got – and let, let's put it in perspective. There are about 15 million people employed by the, the restaurant industry, about 10 percent of the nation's workforce. And we have 
about 500,000 restaurant workers right here in Michigan, right? Like that, that's such a large, large number. It's 10, it's literally also 10% of the entire employment of the state of Michigan. I didn't know that. Yep. It was responsible for just shy of $16 billion in sales for 2017. And one of the things that we see uh, and we have been seeing across the, the nation now is uh, that it is also home to some of the uh, the lowest paid uh, workers uh, as well. Um, fastest growing industry in the country, lowest paid workers in the country. Eventually, something is going to give. Uh, is it up to the restaurant to come up with alternative means? Is it up to the government to put out a, a wage so that people can can maintain what, what are your thoughts on this i'm happy you brought that up because this is our charge one of our charge to actions mm-hmm. you want to want to you can't it? bring it up you can't say this is <laughs> and then i had it off to you <laughs> so, ceo okay so from the beginning um we we both worked in the in the restaurant industry and and i think from the beginning um we definitely had the you know the, the triple bottom line you know in our in our head, um, but as a startup, it would it was almost like, well, what are you talking about? You want to pay people fifteen dollars an hour? You're a startup. You barely you're not going to make any money. You're not going to do this. So we like always were kind of like I guess uh, juggling that that idea. But I do I think that um, I guess the way that I look at uh, I mean obviously it's, we we're in the business to make money, but I also believe that. We have, I guess it just comes down to social responsibility, right? Uh So, absolutely. So, we are kind of, I I think if, so if people are standing in front of, um, you know, McDonald's and they're saying, we're $15 an hour, you know, people always trying to say, well, I do X job, why should they get paid X? And I never think that. I just think like $15 an hour, that's, you know what, people have. I'm like, okay, how much is that? Then how much is rent? How much is if I had an apartment? That would leave me with literally. $4 $4 into the next paycheck. You know, like I, I just do the math on that. I say, you know what? They're not really asking for nothing astronomical or crazy. What they're asking for is the ability to, you know, feed their families, feed themselves. And ultimately when people get paid, people get paid. You know, the first thing people do, you know, people don't, they don't save money. You know, people do, they get paid. They put it right back into the economy. They go spend, they go, go to another restaurant. They buy some more stuff. So I don't think they're looking at it from that standpoint of let's, how do we pay them more? I'm like people, I mean, how, how do Keep them from so I think people need and once they get paid, we got to respect it because people are looking at restaurants now as um a, people are looking at it the experience too. So mm-hmm. yeah, you want you want McDonald's or something like that, but think of all the restaurants that start in Detroit. People want the experience. Nobody's like clamoring for this thing where they're like, I want the dig- I want the robot passing me the food. No, they're like, no, I want to talk to Jim. Jim's awesome, you know whatever. Right, but, right. Yeah, I'm going to jump in, you know, and I don't want to sound you know from a pessimistic point of view, but. No one really cares about an eight dollar an hour job. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. people care about fifteen dollar dollar an hour job. There's a higher level of standard. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who's getting paid fifteen hours, you have to hold them to that higher mm-hmm. level of standard. So a lot of times, you have to pay three people eight dollars an hour for one person that does fifteen. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think in the long term, it's actually beneficial, you know, to to the companies to pay that amount. I mean, anybody will walk away from an eight dollar an hour job because. Mm-hmm. It's an eight dollar an hour job. Yeah, yeah. So like we we thought about that. We're like, okay, if I pay somebody fifteen dollars, I said, you know, 
if we say uh, if we start and we say we're gonna pay you this, you know they're gonna be like no, there's no way that I'm gonna be able to go somewhere else right now and, and get this. So yeah, you can hold them to a higher standard, but also you're trying to you you building this relationship that, that as you grow they grow too. So I mean, I mean, yeah, so it's it's really. For us, it's like it's almost a no-brainer for us versus like looking at it the other way. It's really a no-brainer. We can't afford turnover. We can't. We can't afford people walking out on us. We really can't. And honestly, truthfully, too, majority of the workers that are in a position of poverty that are, are restaurant workers, and a good amount are a good amount of restaurant workers. I, I'd say about seventy-five percent of those restaurant workers are using a government assistance mm-hmm. at double the rate. Um, which means that, in a sense, they're being subsidized anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, taxes are going towards that. A, a large amount of Walmart workers is, mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. Uh, on government assistance as well. So, like, they are being subsidized by the people that they're also serving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're, right. They're, there's definitely a, a responsibility a factor that we need to look at. Well, thank you so much. That is time uh, for Refrigerated Diaries. Be sure to check back in with us in our next episode and be sure to be on the lookout for the Detroit Shipping Co. and a slide. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Amen.